It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. After you listen to this episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast, listen to Locked On Fantasy Football. Winning your league starts with the right data. Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News provides you the edge you need in your fantasy football leagues. Locked On Fantasy Football is a daily podcast all year round, so your fantasy team never fails. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Podcast. And we welcome you one and all to the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm Chris Russell flying solo on this edition and for the rest of the week. David Harrison is out on a little family vacation. So good to have you with us nonetheless. And we wish you the very best for this 4th of July weekend upcoming and celebration of America and freedom uh, and everything that we love about being um, free quite honestly, to do whatever we do. Wherever you might be listening, even if you are not listening in the United States of America, we welcome you uh, aboard again, one and all. I'm Chris Russell. Uh, When we are not here, you can follow David at dharrison82, at dharrison82. You can read him uh, uh, on bucksnation.com, and uh, that's part of SB Nation. Uh, as well, co-host of the Locked On Bucks podcast. So uh, that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champions, just so you know, uh, in case you're not aware. And you can follow me at WrestleMania621, at WrestleMania621, not just about the Washington football team, uh, little sports, little everything, little life uh, as well, pictures of my kids and all. Or you can listen to me Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time on the official flagship station for the Washington football team. That would be the Team 980 with Pete Medhurst and the Odyssey app, which is how you can listen to the Locked On Washington football team podcast, of course, or just one of the many ways you can listen as well. Follow on Twitter at LockedWFTPod at LockedWFTPod. Coming up in this particular episode, we will hear from Tim Hightower, former NFL and Washington football team running back, hired as director of alumni relations, Uh, Caught up with him uh, and a group of other reporters on Monday at the WFT Charity Golf Tournament for alumni uh, to benefit the Charitable Foundation. Meanwhile, on Tuesday morning, we found out that Tanya Snyder is no longer just the wife of Dan Snyder. She is. But now she's the co-CEO of the Washington football team. So congratulations uh, to Miss Snyder. Um, I, you know, I've had nothing but pleasant experiences with her. I don't know her well. I've done uh, two different charity events uh, with her over the years. Uh, and she's a very, very, very nice woman. Now, uh, she was announced as the co-CEO, joining her husband uh, as the executive leader of the historic franchise. Now, uh, I, I should point this out. I, I kind of 
suspected something like this was coming. I just didn't know exactly what, when, where, why. Only because I've noticed, and this started from the day that Ron Rivera was hired, when she was at the press conference, and I don't remember her at other big press conferences, but there she was right next to Dan. And it seems like everything that they have done since then in terms of remodeling, reshaping, and changing the culture of the franchise, not necessarily and only because Dan Snyder wanted to or thought it was the right thing, probably because he was forced to and because he had no choice, uh, and the NFL has been pulling a lot of strings here, but also I've noticed that she has been definitely more mentioned, more involved, um, you know, in press releases, uh, in quotes, in announcements, in all sorts of different ways. And I should have probably seen this coming, and for whatever reason, I just didn't necessarily put two and two exactly together to add to four. So she's been, again, named the co-CEO. Uh, it expands her leadership, as the team said in a press release, uh, of the organization at a historic juncture as it looks forward to unveiling a new name and brand for the next era of Washington football. She is, uh, of course, one of the few female CEOs in the National Football League, and she is most known, most known, besides being Dan Snyder's wife, for uh, really kind of leading the Washington Football Charitable Foundation. Now, the press release points out that under the leadership of the foundation, she's given back uh, or the foundation has given back more than $29 million to the DMV area and provides support and services to around 178,000 individuals, mostly children. Obviously, the Washington football team charitable foundation does a tremendous, tremendous job. Uh, and nobody would ever question that or anything like that. In addition, in case you're not aware, uh, Mrs. Snyder is very active in the breast cancer awareness and research initiatives for not only the Washington football team, uh, but for the National Football League as well through the Think Pink campaign, which she has basically chartered and helped introduce and made a huge, huge priority uh, for the NFL as a recovering breast cancer patient herself. Uh, Tanya is, again, um, being named to this position not only because she's Dan Snyder's wife, but because she's done a lot of really good things in the community and she's been very active in that regard. Now, the question is, how active is she going to be in the business operations and the running of the franchise from a business perspective of the Washington football team? And that's really the big question that we don't have the answer to because while they quoted her in this particular piece and it says the, f the team is our family's legacy, we're at a pivotal point in the history as we work to become the gold standard of NFL franchises, we know this. She is going to improve the image of the franchise, right? That is inherent in and of itself. What we don't know is how active of a role she's going to take beyond what she's been doing over the last 20 plus years. Now, apparently she did take on a bigger role uh, in terms of shaping the new entertainment team uh, that was announced recently, um, you know, in addition to her philanthropic ventures. I mean, I'd like to, you know, perhaps see her more. Now, the question becomes is why now? Why now? And it's only fair to ask why now. 
Is there something coming down the line shortly from the NFL investigation with Beth Wilkinson that will lead to perhaps Tanya Snyder receiving this promotion in conjunction with that? And maybe that's not fair. And, and I realize that, you know, I, I could be just speculating. I'm not the only one. Everyone is doing it. But I do think it's kind of weird that the promotion comes now. And if Dan Snyder were to be suspended, and I truly don't believe, and I never have believed that they were going to strip the team from him, um, maybe put enough pressure on him to make him miserable, but I didn't think they were going to strip the team from him, especially when they approved the consummation of the deal to get the minority owners out. Could they suspend Dan? Yes, absolutely they could. They could do it for a month, three months, you know, half the year, who knows. And if you have Tanya Snyder in officially a role of co-CEO, obviously, she takes over as basically the day-to-day operations, and Jason Wright obviously continues in his role as the president, but really, it's a way to kind of manipulate and shield Dan Snyder still being involved in the organization, just maybe not having a public role or an official current role. Because why? Well, if Tanya is running the organization as the co-CEO while Dan is suspended, I mean, we have to put two and two together here. And again, think that it's not really a suspension. It's a public face suspension. And Tanya is basically going to be running quote-unquote, the operations for Dan uh, while Dan sits on the sideline. I, I mean, you know, it's, it, listen, it, it may not be unfair, it may not be fair to look at it that way, but I, I mean, what other way could we look at it, right? If we're being fair, if we're being fair. So that's the deal. Tanya Snyder um, takes over as co-CEO. Again, they leaked this to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, that is Dan's Newspaper of choice. I, I believe it's because the Wall Street Journal does not challenge Dan on any of the deep-rooted issues. They tell his side of the story. Uh, he believes they tell it fairly. They are somewhat a guess, a competitor uh, to the Washington Post, although not really, uh, because they're not an, an investigative journal newspaper when it comes to football and when it comes to the things that Dan is trying to accomplish. Uh, here they are obviously very much into finances and money and all that stuff and I'm not saying they don't do any investigation uh, journal they just don't do it about the Washington football team they are basically the journal of choice for Dan Snyder and as a result they get exclusives and they've been getting exclusives regularly for the last couple of years so we should point that out Um, also also just because Dan Snyder says he wants more involvement or he needs to be more involved because apparently he was only at the facility a certain amount of days, blah, 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 blah. I don't even know if those numbers that they threw out necessarily make sense because Dan goes to most practices. Doesn't matter. Dan is not getting more involved in the football operation, at least not right now. That That is not what that meant. What it meant was Dan needs to be, in his eyes, whether it's right or wrong, he needs to be more involved in the business operations, in the culture operations, in the making sure the ship does not sink to the bottom of the ocean side of things. That's what he needs to be more involved in, not the football operations. So nobody needs to really worry about 
that part of it. All right, we'll take a timeout right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. We'll come back and we'll listen to part of Tim Hightower, Director of Alumni Relations for the Washington football team and a guy who I got to cover when he was here as a player uh, and got to catch catch up with extensively on Monday before uh, and after the portion that you're about to hear when we come on back. All right, this is the Locked on Washington football team podcast, and we are brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet in on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing. You've got the NBA playoffs. You've got the Stanley Cup. You've got all the latest news, odds, and information on all your sporting needs from every league everywhere at BetOnline. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all that great news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. There's a chance to get in as your teams prep for their runs to the playoffs or try and finish off a run to a championship. Head to the website now. Use the promo code Locked On. That's Locked On, and on your mobile device or on your mobile device, you can sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm Chris Russell, again, flying solo. David Harrison on a little family vacation. He'll rejoin us next week after the 4th of July. Meanwhile, on Monday, I had a chance to go out to the Army-Navy Club in Arlington, Virginia for the annual Washington football team charity golf tournament uh, to benefit the Washington football team charitable foundation. Uh, And uh, basically, a bunch of alumni were out there. Uh, Doug Williams, Derek Dockery, uh, Mark Mosley was out there for a little bit. I saw Josh Wilson. I saw a bunch of others uh, that were out there. Some other guys that were supposed to be there, I I, didn't see or they didn't make it or whatever the case might be. Uh, But a fun time was had by all. They had a little media availability. We got to Uh, hang around. I got to uh, talk to and finally meet Jason Wright, president uh, of the team, and he couldn't be nicer. He's everything that he appears to be, uh, in case you're worried about that. Uh, And I got to catch up with my old pal, Tim Hightower. Tim, I covered again when he was here as a running back in 2011, 2012, busted his knee in 2011, uh, and eventually bounced around to a couple of other teams. Started off his career Uh, in uh, Arizona, and that's where he was teammates with, well, Jason Wright. And Tim told me, and I don't think it's addressed in this particular piece, that he knew back then and everyone knew back then how smart Jason was and where he was going and that he wasn't your typical NFL running back. And now here they are reunited running uh, part of the team 
Tim Hightower, the Director of Alumni Relations for the Washington football team, and he certainly talked a little bit about that role and the team in general in part one right here. Mentorships from, from some of these older guys, so you don't understand it as a young guy, but the good thing about here is you have a coaching staff. When you have the consistency with a coaching staff, a veteran coaching staff, it's their job um, to help navigate that, right? To, to create that chemistry, to create uh, just that structure and that identity. And so for the young guys, as they're going through it emotionally, the coach also brings in some other veteran guys and, and they help bring these guys on along. So you help that transition process a little bit. What's it like being a young guy in the midst of that, knowing that you have to step up, understanding that there's not some of these older players you may have been able to rely on in the past? What does that kind of look like inside of the locker room and also like working with the coaching staff, understanding what they're going to expect from these young guys? It's exciting. I mean, it, first of all, you want guys who they're ready for that opportunity. They're, they're waiting for that opportunity, right? You don't want guys who are kind of afraid to jump into that. So um, while you have respect for, uh, I remember coming in my, my rookie year, you got to replacing Edron James, uh, a future Hall of Famer. And the, as much respect as I had for him, when it was my time to start, it was I was excited, I was ready. And so that's the kind of guy that I know they brought in to be very competitive. So I know they're ready. And again, uh, you, you're not, as a coach, you don't just throw those guys in there. You prepare them, uh, but you want guys who are uh, eager to get in there and get going. And the last question is, how prepared do you think this team is considering all the circumstances? You have a truncated offseason last year. You have this new class that doesn't get the traditional offseason that a lot of players get that they say is particularly helpful. You go through a 2-7 start. You finish 7-9. You win the divisions. How prepared do you think this young team is after all the things that they were able to work through ultimately to find success at the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you go on last year. At the end of last year, you, you, you ride that for a little bit, right? It, it's how you finish carries into that offseason. And you remember that. You take some of those lessons and you head into the season, but you know, you, you, you got to prove it in the start to training camp. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. My, my one question is, um, you know, what do you like about this team and the direction that they're going, the changes that they're making to get on the winning side of things? Well, I think it starts with leadership. I'm, I'm, I'm really big with leadership, and Coach Rivera set the tone last year, uh, going through what he had to go through, what Alex Smith had to go through. With those guys, those young guys got a chance to see what resilience, what adversity looks like. It's not about what's on paper, it's about what are you going to do in those fourth quarter in those games when you're not supposed to win mm -hmm. and you find a way to win and it wasn't pretty last year but we made it to the playoffs and you remember that you remember that so it's not necessarily about who's there it is but it's about that lesson and then you take those lessons mixed with the guys who are there you bring in veterans like Ryan Fitzpatrick and you and you and you lean on some of those lessons from last year and that's what I like about going into this season. You have some of that adversity, you've proven yourself, you build on that confidence, and we got a lot to look forward to. How would you describe the difference between maybe a couple off seasons ago compared to this season in regards to how you feel about this team? Well, each, you, can't, you can't compare. Uh, you, you can take some of the lessons, but you really can't. Every year, is, every team is so different. It takes so much to come together, right? It, it, regardless of who you put in there, it takes so much effort to bring guys together, and that's really what the summer's for. That's really what training camp is for. So you really can't compare that. All we got, all we can do is take the lessons that we learned from last year and the end of last year, take this group of guys and try to get them together as quickly as we can. And I know Coach, uh, he's doing a great job doing that this summer. Tim, why was it important to you to, to lead the alumni as a front office, as a franchise as a whole, is going through this transition? Because I've been there. I know that I know what that feels like. I, I know what that feels. I'm, I'm talking to Chris Russell here, man. I know what that feels like <laughs> to walk out, to crutch out of his office, not knowing what the future looked like, right? And when you get on the other side of that door, 
it, it, it can be a cold world out there, right? Trying to make that transition. And so understanding what it's like to walk through that tunnel as a, as, as a celebrated hometown hero, all of those things, but then to walk out that door and you almost get forgotten. And so it's important for me and it was important for me to make sure that I was connecting with those guys, especially as we go through this transition, rebrand all these things. Those are the guys, that's the foundation. These are the guys who laid down the, the, the foundation, the, the memories, the traditions of this organization. So how can we get these guys in the mix and, and, and um, help them tell that full story? But then also, how can we just serve these guys where they are now? How can we serve them in the, in the community? How helpful, uh, or not how helpful, um, how receptive have they been to kind of doing what your vision is and, and, and coming back and being a part of the family now with the new leadership? You would you? ask that question, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it, it, it's really not about my vision. You know, it's about our vision and how 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 well am I doing serving these guys? Mm -hmm. um, and for the most part, guys have been receptive. Um, they have not been communicated with, and so you get some of that frustration. Guys, they love this organization. That they, they want to be a part of this community, and all they've been waiting for is just that opportunity, that that olive branch, somebody reaching out and saying, "Hey." You matter, we, we care about you, we value your presence. And so the better we do that and the better I'm able to do that, um, the more guys are able to rally around. What is your view of where this franchise is headed? Are you, are you optimistic, hopeful? I mean, what is, what is your view as a former player now? I'm an optimistic person. Uh, but no, seriously, I, I wouldn't have, I would not have come here if I was not, if I didn't see that, if, if I didn't see, and, and I think that's pretty consistent across our leadership board and across just the people who are, who are coming in general players, coaches, uh, uh, front office staff, they're excited. They're excited about the culture. They're excited about uh, uh, our coworkers, who we work with, right? Coming to work and enjoy coming to work and allowing that to trickle off into how we do things, how we treat each other, how we treat the players, how we treat engage with the community. Um, so I'm very, I'm very excited because I see the culture and I see the leadership. Um, and, I, and I hope that trickles down to on-field performance and, and uh, engaging with our fans. All right, once again, that is Director of Alumni Relations and former NFL running back Tim Hightower uh, with the Washington football team at the WFT Charity Golf Tournament benefiting the Washington football team charitable foundation. Great dude. I love Tim Hightower. Can't wait to have him on the show. We will have him on the show. I uh, just want to make sure he has a little time off to recharge the batteries as well. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? Plus, the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. But here's your chance. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, my favorite, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. Again, I told you what my favorite is, peanut butter brownie. But I've had a bunch of Built Bars in the last a week. Some of the flavors that are not even on this particular list, but some of the standard flavors, uh, as we just talked about, and every one of them really, guys, is awesome. Uh, they are a great meal replacement, great dessert, great for cravings in between meals. They are low in calorie, low in sugar, low in net carbs, high in protein. They're just damn good for you. Again, soft, easy to chew, 100% covered in real chocolate, no matter what the flavor is, they make it taste like a very, very, very satisfying chocolate bar, and it's great for you. 
That's the Built Bar difference. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we finish up the Locked On Washington football team podcast with this. We have an email that Mark Gamble submitted. If you want to email us, it's lockedwftpod at gmail.com. That's lockedwftpod at gmail.com. So Mark writes, I've been reading and watching videos of people stating that the WFT team is the fastest. I don't know if it's a good thing or just hype because I believe that the positions require more than just speed and health, Mark Gamble. And good question, Mark, and thanks for the email. I appreciate it. I uh, wrote you back uh, from my individual uh, account. Um, and uh, russellmania 9 at gmail.com so you guys can always email uh, me directly uh, or again the show uh, and the pod locked wft pod at gmail.com um so here's the deal I, I mean i don't know if they are absolutely the fastest they are a fast offense finally uh, in a lot of ways terry mclaren obviously antonio gibson curtis samuel diami brown um, not everybody is fast. I mean, Adam Humphreys is not going to blaze past you, obviously. Uh, neither is Cam Sims. Neither is Antonio Gandy-Golden if he makes the roster. Who knows? Steven Sims is very fast. Um, we think Dax Milne is pretty fast. Um, and, and others. But the bottom line is, whether they are or they aren't, that doesn't really matter. They have more team speed on, and certainly more on offense than they had last year. There's no doubt about that. They have more team speed on both sides of the football, but really on offense especially. Now, that being said, speed alone does not guarantee anything. And I say this all the time. Just because you're a receiver and you can run really fast does not mean you're going to be good. And here's a perfect example. Last year and into this offseason, they had a guy named Jeff Bidette who could run a 4-2-7, one of the fastest 40s you're ever going to see. But he's never been able to stay on as a receiver because, you know, from what I've heard, doesn't run route great routes, you know, just doesn't get that separation despite that great speed. And everybody's continuing to try and, you know, give him cracks and opportunities, but Washington let him go because they didn't see enough from him, right? Despite his blazing speed, they wanted to go out and draft Diami Brown and Dax Milne. They, of course, added Curtis Samuel via free agency and via large deal and combined them with what they already had. So there's a guy and a perfect example, great speed, but they didn't feel he could play or help them anymore. Um, there are countless other examples of that. John Ross, former top 10 pick of the Cincinnati Bengals, 
Again, one of the fastest 40s you're ever going to see out of the University of Washington. He's done virtually nothing in the NFL. He's had trouble staying healthy. And when he plays, just because he can run real fast doesn't mean he's great. As a matter of fact, everything would suggest that he's not. So again, just because you can run real fast does not mean you're a great football player. So that's Mark's point, and it's a good one. You have to be able to run routes. That's what makes Terry McLaurin so special. Terry is a great route runner. Terry can run fast, 4-3-5-ish, but Terry is a great route runner, and Terry's tough, and he's got great hands and feel. I believe the other guys, you know, too. I mean, we'll have to see what Dayami Brown is, but based on his college tape, certainly there was that indication. So, again, just because you run real fast does not mean you're going to be a good football player to Mark uh, and to Mark's point. Uh, So thank you, Mark. Appreciate the email. Hope I answered it uh, okay uh, for you. Keep those emails coming, lockwftpod at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a voicemail, please do so, 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. That's going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Again, David Harrison back with us next week in case we don't talk to you or you don't get to hear from us before the 4th of July weekend. Please celebrate um, Independence Day and be safe and do it smartly and don't do anything stupid. Uh, And please enjoy your holiday weekend. And, of course, we will continue our limited schedule until later on this month, and then it's full scale back to five episodes per week. This is the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.